Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. We are here and we're here to have tea time. Now, we started off really calm this morning because I want to have a nice, calm, serious conversation this morning with the incredible Stacey Stewart. We're going to be talking about hands for life. And we really need to just take a moment sometimes and slow down. So I want you to grab your teas, grab your coffee, grab your beverage of choice, and let's sit and serve a good, strong TEA this morning. So before we get started, we're going to do all the disclaimer and intro and bio and all of that good stuff and just give you time to settle in before we have a good long discussion with the guests this, this morning. Uh, and then we'll be back this afternoon and this evening and we'll be doing the same thing that we do each and every Thursday. We serve three strong TEAs over here at Tea Time with Miss Liz. So let's get started. Disclaimer for Miss Liz's Tea Time live shows. Miss Liz, myself, is going live using StreamYard. Before leaving a comment, please grant StreamYard permission to see your name at StreamYard.com. Please be advised the content brought forward for any Tea Time show hosted by myself, Miss Liz, is always brought forward in good faith. However, may bring forward dialogue and opinions that are not representative of my platform. The facts and information are perceived to be accurate at the given time of airing. All Tea Time guests and audience participants are responsible for using their good judgment in taking any action that may relate to the discussion. The content brought forward may include discussion for some where they may be emotionally at risk. It is significant to know that the show is engaging in discussion forms only to offer and inspire awareness and connection and is not providing therapeutical advice. If you have any questions about this disclaimer or the panelist discussion, you may freely contact me, Miss, Miss Liz, through my email at bookingmisslis at gmail.com. Moving forward, should you choose to voluntarily participate in today's show in any aspect, I myself, Miss Liz, welcomes you. And should you decide that the show is not made for you at this time, I respect that and I will see you at a later show at a later date and time. And remember, this year, tea times are all done on Thursday. So now let me give you a little intro into the incredible Stacy. Stacy is an entrepreneur who built a successful hospitality hospitality company where she owned and operated hotel properties, freelanced as a hotel visibility consultant and was a consultant investor on a 60 million resort startup. She served as an executive director of an assistant living and memory care community where she gained experience in the senior living industry. She is a visionary who takes ideals and brings them to life. After being in the seniors living and hospitality industry for her whole career, she felt called to take experiences and knowledge and serve those in developing nations. We all know we are in an aging crisis in the U.S., but the few realize we are in a global aging crisis where there is no plan to care for the vulnerable and forgotten senior population. It is what it has been the revelation of how hands for life was born and that's what we'll be talking about this morning is hands for life so i'm going to grab stacy and we're going to spill a good tea this morning so 
Let's welcome Stacy into the studio. Welcome, Stacy. It's an honor to have you here. Thank you for having me. So, Stacy, tell us a little bit about yourself, and if anybody would like to know more about about you that I haven't mentioned already. Yeah, I grew up um, with my grandparents living in the same home as us. They had an apartment downstairs. So I, um, at an early age, I really grew to understand the value of the older generation. I have always respected and honored and just loved to hear the stories of time ago from my grandparents. So um, it, the senior population is one of my passions. So Stacy, since a young age, you've, you've been around the, and the elders. So what have you learned about the elders that many of us might not even notice? Um, the, again, just the value that uh, the generation holds uh, for us. There's so much to learn, so much wisdom to gain from an older generation and about um, culture, about politics, about the way things were. And I think uh, we miss that a lot of times in uh, moving about our days. We don't call upon that older generation to guide us as much as we should. So could you tell us when Hands for Life was founded? I started Hands for Life three years ago. I was working as an executive director running an assisted living memory care community. And that was a really difficult job just because of the, um, really just the corporate environment of it. And so I left that position and took about two months to pray where God wanted to use me. Where was it and what was I supposed to be doing with my life? And I wanted a job where I was making a difference every day in somebody's life. So I um, was at lunch with a colleague of mine and he said, Stacy, what is it that you want to do? What's your perfect job? And I said, well, it would be assisted living, but in developing nations, because my family and I had been missionaries, been on the field before. And I said, but I have three kids in college. I can't go be a missionary right now. So he said, well, why don't you start your own organization taking care of seniors? So that's what I did. Um, we are in a global aging crisis, like you said in the intro, that right now 60% of the world's aging population lives in a developing nation. And by 2050, that number is going up to 80%. Mm. And these countries do not have any resources. They don't have social security. They don't have where you could walk into a hospital and get medical attention or a homeless shelter. So we need to um, start addressing this issue. And that's what Hands for Life is doing. I like that you're giving the numbers because I think people need to hear the numbers, you know, and that's what we're here for is to bring the education to the table. You know, a lot of people don't realize how severe the aging crisis is. And I'm glad that I have you here this morning so that you can share that with us. So you mentioned missionaries. So did you ever do any missions as a child or was it something you always looked forward to doing? Um, no, not as a child. Um, when my children were in about middle school age, my husband and I wanted to introduce them to um, different cultures and to really see uh, the world and not everybody lives like we do here in America. Um, we wanted to expose them to people who have nothing and no one. So um, that was doing those mission trips and really serving the least of God's people, that was transformational. Um, and was, I now know that was the start of Hands for Life, giving me that 
desire to make a difference. So where did the name Hands for Life come from? Um, Hands for Life is an organization where we're lending a hand um, for life. So we want to be very cognizant that we are not giving handouts, that we're an organization that empowers, educates, and equips the nationals to go care for their own. So Hands for Life has a very unique way of addressing the global aging crisis. We want to um, work at solving the problem, not just um, you know, putting a Band-Aid on it. So we're not about building buildings. We're not about building assisted living. We are solving the problem by getting to the younger generation. We realize that it's that younger generation that needs to learn the circle of life. So your parents took care of you. There comes a time when you need to care for them. So we partner orphan children with orphaned seniors, and we put them together in an intergenerational home where the seniors impart their wisdom to the children, and then the children learn to honor and respect their elders. I like that. I yeah. really, I, I, and this is what it is, right? We got to stop putting band-aids on things. We got to start right. finding solutions. You know, band-aids are not fixing anything, building buildings and buildings and buildings. And then these buildings end up becoming empty. Then, right. you know, let's start really finding some real strong solutions. And I really like the way that you've done that because I think we can both learn from different generations, right? It's that generational cycle of learning. You know, mm -hmm. the elders teach the youngsters, the youngsters teach the elders, like how the transformation technology and all of that stuff, you know, uh, I, that is really different. I really appreciate you doing that, Stacey. Um, we have a couple questions that are popping in that I just want to shout out to you. Um, they want to know what the four W's are. I'm guessing that they're checking the website. Um, the who, what, where, and why are the four W's. So who is the, um, the people, we say we care for people from womb to tomb. So we're caring for two very vulnerable population groups in the Hands for Life model. Um, and that is the children and the older adults. Um, so we are putting them together um, and that is really our why is um, to put a spotlight on elder abuse, neglect, um, abandonment, and to change the way that people think of our grandparent generation. We want them to be respected and honored. So we're educating um, that younger generation to honor and respect and then to care for. So we're, we're solving a lot of um, humanitarian issues within Hands for Life. It organically grows and grows and grows with this one model of caring for the aging. Um, we, when we pair these two together, it's a win-win on both sides. The children are learning from the older generation, but the older generation also learns from the younger generation. And what we do is we, we um, have a career workshop on our property. We have a five acre campus and there's a career workshop. So in that workshop, there's metal, um, a metalwork workshop, there's a wood workshop, jewelry making, arts and crafts. So the seniors teach the kids whatever their craft was. We also have aquaponic and hydroponic farming. So we assess the children to see what their passion is. And then um, the older generation teaches them. So they'll teach them the farming. But if the the kid is more of a sales type kind of person. We teach them how to sell 
the produce to the local market. Or if they want to get into healthcare, they job shadow the caregivers that we employ. So it is rewriting the narrative of the children and we're giving them job training, job skills, and we're suiting them up with the, the armor of God. And the vision is that when they come of age, we will give them our senior living model and partner them with the business person in their country and have them go build an assisted living, um, the best model that we have designed, and then they take care of their own people. So it's a win-win on both sides. So you, you pair up the children with the, with the seniors. So we have a question here. Has it decreased the elders abuse by doing that? Yes, because we um, educate these children and really expose them to this generation, this grandparent generation, and they learn um, the value of them. So when I was an executive director, I remember we had Halloween time. I brought in the kindergartners to trick or treat. And we had all of our seniors lined up to hand out candy and the kids did a parade. And there were some of these little ones who were scared of the seniors. They had never seen a person um, in this age category. So they were asking questions like, why is their skin different? And why don't they have any hair? And what is that funny chair that they sit in? So it's just a lack of exposure. So we are very intentional. We have community outreach in our um, program too, to, um, to work with a broader range of people to bring two generations together. So when you educate and you expose, then they have a love and honor for that. So it does decrease the abandonment and the abuse. And in our community outreach too, we work with, we know it's God's original intention to keep families together. And in developing countries, a lot of times families put their children in orphanages just to give them a better life. So we work with families who are struggling to care for their children so families can stay together. But we also work with families struggling to care for their aging parent, to give them the education about um, the aging process and what is going on with their parent. In developing nations, if somebody has Alzheimer's or um, dementia, they don't know what that is. Yeah. And so they think that they're possessed by a demon. We just had a woman in our uh, community outreach in Nigeria. Her, um, she was being taken care of by neighbors and they didn't know that she had dementia. And so they, she was having an episode and they brought her to a witch doctor. Wow. And instead of taking her for medical care and she passed away um, because of this. And so, it's educating, we, we get in and we educate the population about aging um, processes and the disease and, and simple things. How do you safely do a transfer? How do you safely get mom out of bed to a chair without dropping her or dislocating a shoulder? So with this education and paying attention to caregivers and caregiver stresses, um, that decreases elder abuse and neglect and abandonment. I, I really like that you brought that up about caregivers because we don't give enough, uh, you know, appreciation to caregivers and how hard it really is to be a caregiver. Mm. Um, and it's sad that we don't have that education out there, you know, that they, they have to turn to automatically. It's witchcraft, it's demons. You know, there's so many illnesses out there. And a lot of these uh, countries that don't have the education, that's all they've been taught, right? So I'm glad, I'm, I'm really glad that you're going into these countries and you're, you're saying, hey, no, it's actually an illness. It's, you know, there's yes. nothing, nothing evil about this person or sickness about this person. They're actually 
living with an illness. So how do you bring education to these countries? Because I believe you're in Nigeria and Honolulu, right? Honduras. Honduras. Yes. I guess I'm maybe. (laughs) You want to go to Hawaii? (laughs) Like I'm not hot enough, right? (laughs) Um, Education is the key, right? To everything. Education is so important. And so um, I am collaborating with senior living experts from all over the world. And we have this unique opportunity to um, develop a way of caring for the aging population in um, the most beautiful, honoring, respectful manner. Um, We're not getting it right here in the US. We have a lot to learn. Um, A lot of our assisted living, memory care communities are um, not operating in the manner that they should be. So there's a lot of opportunity to learn. And what is unique about Hands for Life is that we're collaborating with all these experts to say, what is the best way to not only design, build, and operate a utopia type um, assisted living facility? We can do this in these developing countries because there's no regulations. So we're kind of a petri dish where we're putting think tanks together to say, how do we incorporate uh, people with dementia without locking them in a memory care unit where you lock them in and you say, you can't talk to your relatives for two weeks because they need to get, the resident needs to get acclimated and the resident's like, why am I in jail? I wanna go home. It's, It's just heartbreaking. So how do we do this respectfully and um, integrate memory care uh, residents into a family, into this intergenerational family and allow them to uh, age a place gracefully. So again, we're collaborating with experts and research is gonna be done on this and hopefully the best practices will be brought back here to developed nations to implement. So we're on the cutting edge of something very beautiful and unique that we're doing. Well, and you mentioned the United States. I'm in Canada and I feel the same way. We, you know, we have all of these resources here in our countries, mm-hmm. but we're not educating ourselves. We're not looking at the opportunities of how we can help others in different communities and nations. You know, by getting that education out there and empowering the nations of all the world, we can actually make a difference and and find that solution that that you keep mentioning, Stacey, is, you know, let's stop putting those band-aids on there and let's really get a solution so that we can help all of the elders out there. Um, uh, We do have a question here that says opportunity to learn. What does that mean to you? Opportunity to learn is collaboration. And um, I am a big proponent of that. I, I feel that collaborating is key. We, there are so many different organizations and people um, doing phenomenal research and studies and um, have really honed in on particular areas Uh, that we are going to incorporate in our project. So we don't want to reinvent the wheel. We need to uh, learn and grow and implement what people have already studied and proven works. So we are looking for the best of the best models and put it all into a brand new business model. Uh, we have a question here for you, Stacy. How do we, and I have younger children that are scared of elders. How can I help them get over that fear? It, I feel it is exposure. There are many opportunities to um, bring your children to a independent living community and assisted living community. 
the children, um, when my, my children were little, my grandparents were in a independent living. Well, it was a CCRC community, um, a continuing care. So there was independent, assisted, skilled nursing. And I would bring my children every week to go visit. And they looked forward to it. The um, elders looked forward to seeing the children. And it's, it's just a very beautiful dynamic, you know, out of the mouth of babes, you know, the children just blurt out whatever comes to their mind. And the conversation that happens between the two generations is just so pure and comical and heartwarming. Um, so I would definitely suggest, you know, forming those relationships. And my relationship with my grandparents was so um, important to me and really formed who I am today as an um, adult that I wanted to ensure my children experienced that. So I had my parents lived right next door to us when the kids were growing up and now they still my parents um, live in the same town and my kids are all in their 20s now and still have that very, very close bonding relationship. So if you have elders in your family, it's so important to develop those relationships because the kids feel safe to go to that older generation for um, comfort. So when there's a conflict with the parent and child, they run to the grandparent. And, you know, grandparents are a soft place to land. Being a grandma, I I, I totally get it. Like uh, yesterday I spent the day with my granddaughter uh, who's gonna be two you know, on the 16th and oh. just having her run into my arms and feeling that comfort and safe, safety, you know, uh, it's really magical. Uh, we have a question here for you. Can you give me three tips you've learned from your grandparents? Well, my grandparents were, um, they went through the depression. So it's, um, I learned from them to conserve because they were so frugal with their money. So to this day, I cannot um, buy anything unless it's on a sales rack. <laughs> I have to wash out the Ziploc baggies and reuse them. Um, I thought the perforated paper towels where you don't have to use a whole paper towel, <laughs> it was like a great invention. Um, so to be very wise with your money, and I teach that to my children that um, choose where you're spending your money. We we are not about things in our family. Who cares about things? You know, you can't take them with you. We're about making memories. So we'll forego buying a ton of clothes or the latest um, gadgets. We rather take a wonderful trip and travel and see the world. So that, that was a great um, lesson that I learned from them. I also learned from them the value of family. They, um, you know, times were different back then um, where there was not cell phones and technology. Families sat around a dinner table and talked and communicated. And, you know, there were three channels on TV. So, you know, it, nowadays my children go into one room and we're in the other and everybody's doing all their own things on their devices. Yeah. So um, really focusing on the family and quality family time was something that I gathered from them and learned from them. And the last thing I would say, um, I learned from my grandparents really just uh, to rely on God. They, they taught us the importance of um, having that closeness with God. And um, we experienced that in 2022, had a terrible, terrible year um, where I was diagnosed with breast cancer um, at the beginning of the year. On June 2nd, I had surgery to remove the cancer. 
Three days later, um, my 24-year-old son uh, had a horrible accident and he fell 90 feet into a stone quarry. Um, so we lost him and then I had radiation for two months and the end of the year, my husband lost his job. So it was just a horrible 2022, 20, but we ran to Jesus and that is what got us through. You don't really get through, you know, losing a child, but only, only God can give you that peace and that unexplainable joy to be able to move on with your day and get out of bed and not spin into depression. So um, learning that strong faith uh, from my grandparents was so valuable. Well, and I really like that you say, you know, memories over material, because we really need to value, like you said, 2022 was a rough year for you, Stacy. And I'm glad that you, you know, that you're, you're better and things are starting to look up. We really have to really understand life, you know, stop taking it for granted. Right. Let's really look at the important things, you know, all that material stuff doesn't go with us when we pass. The memories are with the, our loved ones. So let's start making better memories and better time to communicate. And you brought up a lot of good things. And I'm glad that this person asked this question about the three things you learned, because communication is one thing that we are lacking. You know, everyone is so divided, like you said, different TV shows, different things. You know, uh, it, it really has changed. The times have changed. And I really like that you're bringing the generations back together by joining them together. So I want to thank you for that, Stacey. And I want to thank that the viewer for asking that question. That that really opened up a lot of things. And that's what Tea Time is all about, right, is the communication. So let's really start communicating and having that conversation, you know, that one-on-one. -on -one, like, how's your day going? You know, like, what are you doing today? Where do you want to go in five years from now, you know? Uh, so I think now is a good time to ask you, Stacy. What is your T? If I give you the word T E A, what words are you giving me today? Um, transformation, education, and and appreciation. So that is that is really a strong T, and that really speaks dear and hard to your to what you're doing, you know? So if you'd like to share a little bit on those three words. Transformation, Hands for Life is about transforming lives. Um, and like I said earlier, we, we say from womb to tomb, we are caring for two vulnerable populations. We're rewriting the ch children's narrative, but we're also ensuring that the senior population um, has the best, honorable, loving, um, being cared for in their last season of life. So transforming those lives. Um, education, it's all about education. We talked about that, how we need to educate, 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 and that's what will get us to be able to transform lives. And then appreciation, I just, I appreciate all the blessings in my life. Um, life is hard, you know, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Um, this world is turned upside down right now. There's a lot of ugliness in the world. So we need to keep our focus on the good. And, um, you know, where you put your attention is where, uh, life will blossom. And so if you're looking for the good, you will see the good. You know, if you're focusing on woesy me and why me and asking all those questions, you're just going to spin into a dark place. So keep your eyes focused on goodness and appreciate that. Well, I really want to thank you for saying that. You know, Life is precious and we really need to start appreciating it. Uh, I want to get into a little bit uh, of what Hands for Life is and what opportunities people can have by finding Hands for Life and donating and sponsoring. Like how does all of that work, Stacey? Yeah, so Hands for Life, um, 
We are working in Nigeria. We have a small project in Honduras, but our focus right now is on Nigeria and building the first intergenerational home there. And it is gonna be named the um, seniors in our community outreach, wanted to name it in honor of my son who passed. So it's the Alexander Shuey Intergenerational Memorial Home. So we are raising funds to build that. Um, people can go on our website at h4lworld.org to donate to raise that. Um, we also on our website, we have a sponsorship page there. We have seniors in our community outreach and children right now that need sponsors for $39 a month. You can sponsor either a grandparent or a grandchild. And we provide um, those people with the grandparents, we provide much needed medication and healthcare. We just did um, paid for a surgery for a gentleman who was losing his sight because of glaucoma. Um, we provide food for them and the children on there, we pay for their education, their school clothes, um, supplies and food as well. So a lot of need, we're looking for people to come alongside us as monthly sponsors. We need to build up that monthly stable income. So whether it's um, $10 a month or $100 a month, it or $500 a month. Um, I just had somebody donate a thousand a month, which what a blessing. That stable income allows us to keep moving um, forward in our uh, vision and mission. And then, you know, Hands for Life is always looking for volunteers. We, I can use social media, somebody as an expert in social media uh, to manage that accounts. Um, it, there's so many facets to Hands for Life. International lawyer, we're looking for that. Uh, so just reach out on our website, whatever your passion is. We need prayer partners. It's so important to have people praying for our Hands for Life family and our vision and mission. So on our website, there is a lend a hand button that you can see all the areas to get involved. Well, that's that's really amazing. And I like that you have the prayer partners out there because we need to be praying for other people, you know? Um, mm -hmm. God wants us to really pray for everyone, not just for ourselves, you know? And you're really opening my eyes to seeing a lot of things differently as well. Like my best friend is my 97-year-old grandma. So like, oh, <laughs> yes, I, I, I strongly believe that we need to keep those connections alive because they're not going to be here forever so when they're right. gone we have to have these memories so that we can carry them on to our children it's almost like what your grandparents have taught you you know how to conserve how mm -hmm. to look where you're buying i'm the same way i'm the clearance girl like if i can get something <laughs> for two dollars instead of 200 i'm going to the two dollar sale like that's right you know we really have to just really appreciate things and you know it's okay to have secondhand stuff because sometimes, you know, it has a story behind it. It has history behind it. You know, yes. the, tra the tradition of why they use that. Like for me, it, with the tea cups, it's the story. Who painted it? Who created it? Who drank from it? Was it passed down from great grandma to grandma to grand grandchild? You know, these are the stories that we need to keep alive. Um, I want to get into serve a mission. So do you have mission opportunities as well? We do. Um, we are putting together a mission trip um, in July. And then we are also looking at September, a medical mission trip. So July will be more get your hands dirty. Um, uh, some of the elders in our uh, Hands for Life family live in just little huts. There's one gentleman that has uh, just some palm branches uh, draped around, and that's where him and his wife uh, have a little hole in the ground, and that's their toilet. So we would love to build him a, uh, a proper bathroom inside. 
but his roof leaks. So when it rains, everything he owns, um, clothes and them and the dirt floor just turns to mud. So that trip is gonna be like, let's do some hands-on good work. And then the medical mission trip will be um, just lining people up to do exams and help them in various ways. Um, we're bringing down some surgeons and uh, dental uh, dentists and all that type of thing to work on that. So that's those are the two trips that we're just in the works on planning right now. So how do people get it? Uh, how do they reach out to join that if they'd like to? Uh, again, on our website, there is under that lend a hand, they'll be able to fill out a form and it will come right to my inbox uh, with whatever questions people may have for me. Um, if they are interested in mission work, tell me a little bit about you know, what they desire to uh, gain from a mission trip and what they're looking to do. Is it evangelize? Is it spread the gospel? Is it, you know, help repair a roof? Is it um, a medical mission? Lots of opportunities. So any organizations like uh, Habitat for Humanity, are they involved with you as well, Stacey? Um, we will be making partners once we uh, build our campus to get those types of different organizations involved. Because again, it's about collaborating. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. And there's wonderful organizations who are focused just on feeding the hungry. So we will partner with them to concentrate on that. You know, there's evangelical missionary organizations will partner with somebody who is already has programming going to spread the gospel. So uh, yes, we will be collaborating with many, many different nonprofits. I really love that you say the word collaborating. And I think a lot of the viewers and listeners out there would agree. We need more collaboration in this world, you know, yes. not just in the United States, not just in Canada, but globally, we need more collaboration. You know, it's okay to reach out and say, you know what, you already have this. So let's stop building. And right. let's, you know, and, and you said this right at the beginning of the show, Stacey, is that we're not building a building. We're, we're building what we already have. We're using what we already have. We're conserving. We're using the resources that we already have. And I That's think right. we would make a real big impact in everyone's life, the seniors and elders and children, if we started collaborating more and stopped building, you know, let's mm -hmm. turn to our neighbors. Let's ask for that cup of sugar so that we can make a better cake, you know, add some little sweetness yeah. to it instead of saying, okay, well, oh, I like what you have, but I'm going to build it 10 times better. Okay. Yeah. Let's work together and let's build 10 times better by right. collaborating. Right. Um, we, we have um, our doctor that is our hands for life doctor. She's from Toronto. And because of Zoom, you know, we can collaborate with people from all over the world. But Hands for Life model is not, again, it is to empower and equip nationals. We're not this foreign agency coming in with all the answers and do it our way. We're the best way. We want to really empower the people in the country to um, go and do great things in their own country. So we're, we're hiring locally, we're creating jobs, we're stimulating their economy. And we do one educational campus. It's an educational campus. It's not, there's only 14 seniors and 14 children in our intergenerational home. And this is a campus to educate. And then for this education to go out spread it to the people they are to take it so one campus per country and it's our vision to launch a new campus every three years in a different country we have a comment that came in and they just said thank you for collaborating <laughs> yes so important 
I, I don't, none of us know it all, right? I, I am the visionary. I am relying on experts to take what they know and run with it. And, you know, thank goodness that there's so many generous people who are not self-centered. You know, there's so many people are willing to share all their knowledge, all of their resources and say, here you go, run with it. And, you know, it's a big world. You know, people have said to me, oh my gosh, your, your project is so unique and nobody's doing this. Have you patented this and trademarked it? And I just laugh and I said, why would I spend money doing that? I will give everything to anybody. It's a big world. Go do this, go do this. And, you know, people say, why don't you do this here in your own country? And I say, there's a lot, there's like, I think it's like 5 million nonprofits in the United States. Like wow. there's a lot of people doing good here, you know? So you can yeah. take the concept that I'm doing and do it anywhere. People can start doing this in their own community, bring the two generations together, do it in your own family. You know, it's a big world. I really like that you brought that up because I get told that all the time. Miss Liz, why don't you just do Canada? And I'm like, you know what? Canada has a lot of people and we have a lot of, you know, podcasters out there, but we're not having podcasters that are collaborating, that are working together, you know, tune into my show, tune into my show. I'm like, tune into my show if it, if it brings you value. If you can share this one tea time and save someone's life and say, you know what? Here's what you're looking for. Here's the education. Here's a cup of tea that is not a beverage. It is educating and teaching yes. awareness that we all can make a difference in this world. And that's what a true humanitarian is. It's not about having all the answers or being the best of the best. A huge understanding of a humanitarian is people who want to collaborate, people that want to work with others. And they're not about trademarking and all of that you know, patent stuff. I totally yeah. agree with you as well, because I get told that all the time. Can I put my money somewhere else? Can I save a life instead? You yes. know, if you want to take what I'm serving and you want to trademark it and you want to patent it, you're more than welcome to spend that money. But I'd rather spend my money on saving someone's life. Mm -hmm. You know, so I want to thank you, Stacy, for bringing that up, because I think the viewers and listeners out there and who will watch the replay later on in the show, um, we really need to start bringing the true value of humanity work to the table, you know, mm -hmm. because yes. COVID was a time where we lost a lot of family. We, we lost a lot of connection and division. And, you know, there was a lot of separation where even us in developing countries, we felt it. Mm -hmm. We had that isolation. We had that lockdown. So we need to really bring that to the table and say, you know what, what did we value the most during that time period? was family, yes. was connection, was communication, you know, because we were isolated, mm -hmm. we were locked in. So we all felt it. It was global. It wasn't just Canada and U.S. that went through it. It was all over. So I yeah. really want to thank you, Stacy, for bringing that to the table this morning. And I really want to thank the viewers that are tuning in right now and throwing your questions at, at this conversation this morning, because this is what we need to do is we need to have these open conversations, these open discussions of true value awareness of human beings. Mm -hmm. You know, we're all trying, we all have struggles, we all have things that we're working through, but we can continue on if we're helping another. So I wanna really thank you, Stacy, for that. Now, before we wrap up your tea time, cause our hour is coming really fast this morning. Uh, I wanna get into some of the personal questions that I've asked all my guests. So I asked you one word to describe yourself as a person and you gave me the word faithful. So what does that word mean for you? Um, faithful means that you have to remain steadfast in um, kind of is what we spoke about before, um, steadfast in focusing on goodness through all times. Um, being faithful to 
your belief in God, um, in just your core beliefs, your core character of who you are, you have to stay true and faithful to that. So what are your core beliefs? Because in, in this world right now, um, it's easy to get swayed by public opinion or by, um, you know, people trying to uh, change your core beliefs and, and saying that you're wrong for believing in certain things, you know, that, so just staying faithful to who you are and to who God is. I like that to who you are you know we really start we really need to be authentic with ourselves we really need to you know live those core values and it's like you said there's a lot of opinions out there there's a lot of people that are always well you could do it this way you could do it that way you know you're you can do it too <laughs> you know let's yeah. collaborate and let's make it different instead of bashing and and finding fault in everything let's find some positive in it and let's find some solutions and resources and that so i really want to thank you for what hands for life is doing it's truly amazing stacy so thank you for that thank you um, so and i ask all my guests this what their favorite color is and you gave me purple so what does purple mean to stacy purple just has always been my favorite color even as a child um my parents knew purple was my color and they were changing the carpet. I got a purple shag carpet <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> Loved my carpeting. Um, but purple is passion. You know, purple is a warm color. It's passion. And um, I'm a passionate person. I um, just throw my whole heart into everything. And um, when I get hooked on something, I go at it 110%. So I think purple just exudes that. I never looked at purple that way. Thank you for that. Yeah. And the shag carpet, I never even knew they made purple carpet. <laughs> I know, right? It was the 70s. <laughs> purple shag. <laughs> Yes. So we have a question here. Stacy. what is one tip you would give anyone about elders? One tip would be um, to genuinely have a heart-to-heart um, -heart conversation with an elder, to ask them about their life story. Everybody has a life story and you will just be blown away by um, what comes out about their experiences and um, what the world was like and you get it through their lens. And so um, I re remember in the assisted living that I was running, there was a gentleman who was 99 years old and he was fragile, but he was still really sharp. And some of the caregivers did not treat him with respect. And I would take them aside. They would get frustrated and I'd take them aside. And I'd say, do you know who Mr. Tom is? Like this man was the vice president of Campbell Soup. Wow. He is a um, Purple Heart recipient. He was a prisoner of war. And I said, do you see in his apartment, like that drawing, he traded a pack of cigarettes for um, a Japanese enemy who he was being held hostage in this prison of war. Um, the guy drew the prison camp and gave that to him and he traded a pack of cigarettes. I said, the stories that this man has and the life that he has lived, he was a big executive, generous man, honor and respect him. So, you know, it, as we age, we just become inherently less valuable in the eyes of the younger generation. So um, remember that and have those conversations and learn 
who they are and what their story is. So we have a question here for you, Stacy. You say the story of your life. So what would your name of your story be? What would the name of my story? Oh my, that's a hard one. I haven't <laughs> thought about that. Um, we, we joke and I, I think this could be it. If we were to write a book, um, the book would be don't buy real estate when you're in Disneyland. Um, because <laughs> we bought, we bought a hotel while we were in Disneyland with the children and we did the negotiations sitting on a park bench and it turned out to be a really bad business deal. But the takeaway was that, um, you know, don't, you have to be very um, focused on taking time when you're making major decisions and life decisions and really to counsel with God before every step you take and make sure that it's his will and not your will. So that, that would be my advice and the theme of the book is when I try to do things my way, they never, it never turns out it's disastrous. So right? it's like the story of our life. We think it should be this way. And then we get this and we're like, Oh, that's not what I expected. Yeah, right. I didn't exactly. get a Disney ride. <laughs> right. Right. Don't negotiate. <laughs> uh, and that's really a nice story to tell because there's so much in that story, just in the title. Right? Yes. <laughs> don't buy. Yes. Don't buy one in Disney. It's a, a false world. You're not, you're in, you know, a false reality. So yeah. be careful. Yes. <laughs> so any final words that you would like to share with the audience today before we wrap up? Um, I just, Hands for Life is such a unique uh, vision and mission that God has entrusted me with. And it is large. It has lots of ripple effects. And this is something that I can't do alone. This is going to take the whole body of Christ. It's going to take um, help from everybody, from everywhere, from all corners of the earth to come together to um, get involved in this project. So I encourage people if they are inspired and if they um, something resonate, resonates with them to reach out to me to find their place in Hands for Life, whether it's, you know, through um, the gift of uh, a donation, or if it's going on a mission, or if it's through prayer, um, where where are they feeling tugged at? Where Where is their heart being led? So please reach out to me and um, get involved because like I said, it, it's a beautiful, beautiful uh, vision and mission that will, it, it has, um, sustaining aspects to it to change the world. So come be part. And I do want to make one correction on um, the spelling of my last name. If people oh, okay. are Googling, um, it's Stacy. The first name is spelled correctly, S-T-A-C-Y. And last name is S-H-E-W-E-Y. I will fix that. Yes. Yeah, so if you're Googling to find me, You'll, you'll find a lot with so, the correct spelling. So Stacey, if anybody wanted to reach out to you, how could they find you? Um, through the website, they can fill out the form and um, that will go directly to my inbox. Um, or my email is very simple. It's stacy.shuey at handsforlife.net. And it's the number four. So hands number four life.net is my email well thank you so much and i will correct that uh, i'm so sorry about that miss miss bell uh, and and thank you for letting me know because i all i all i do make mistakes i am human so and i do <laughs> appreciate all of my guests telling me these things because sometimes you know i and there are little mistakes out there so and i will fix that stacy so thank you for uh, bringing that to sure. my room um 
So I want to thank you, Stacy, for joining us today on Tea Time. And I want to thank all the listening audience and participation to this morning on this morning's Tea Time. And I will see everybody at 3 p.m. for a second Tea Time because that's just how we roll on Thursdays. We do Monday afternoons and evenings. So we will be joined this afternoon with Amanda LOS. And she will be speaking about tea on a different level. So you have to tune in for that one. Uh, and then this evening we'll be talking about fishing deep sea fishing so that's what we do educate on different topics even if miss liz doesn't understand it sometimes i just started to (laughs) i only know what god god brings to my table so again thank you stacy for joining me today and thank you to all the audience and thank you for all the supporters out there i truly appreciate it without you guys i cannot do what i'm doing today so i will see everybody at 3 p.m stacy don't leave i will uh see you in the back Thank you.